3: This podcast has content that may not be appropriate for all audiences. You'll hear about some difficult subjects like drug abuse, domestic violence, suicidal thoughts, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 5. Drugs, Doctors, and Mormons. We all have what-if moments in our life. Moments we look back on and think, huh. My life could have turned out so differently if I'd taken that job or stayed in that relationship. Moments where we zigged, but we could have zagged. I have plenty of these. When I'm feeling low, it's easy to look back and feel upset. But I know we often have a romanticized view of what could have happened. Often, but not always, I realized I made the right choice at the time. It's easier to do that when it's decisions I've made. But something I've been grappling with is how to accept the decisions that other people have made and how they've impacted me. After my parents got divorced, my mom had a string of relationships and an enduring love affair with drugs. Stories like how my mom and I lived on a Mormon farm for a while. What a different life that would have been. Or how she dated a doctor. Mam I love that one. Even now, I look back and think, damn, I could have had a doctor for a dad. That would have solved everything. If my mom had zigged instead of zagged, maybe my life would have turned out differently. But like we just learned with a kidnapping story, I bet reality is a bit more complicated than I'm giving my mom credit for. I've revisited my what-ifs, but now I want to revisit her what-ifs. I am Emmy, and this is Crumbs. It's a show about the things we settle for and the bits of ourselves that make us who we are. So after the time I went missing, it sounds like Mami took on a bigger role again. You moved back in with her and she took over. And then after that, life took some really strange turns. Take me back to that time.
4: I stayed at Mami house for a long time. That was my home. I didn't have to pay rent. I had a live-in babysitter. I could come and go as I pleased. So it was a perfect place to be. I did go back to school for a while. I was going to high school, second session in the evenings. And then I'd go out and party on the weekends. So I remember there was this Halloween party close by and everybody was talking about. And so I really wanted to go to this party. It was a house party. There was a lot of people, everyone was wearing costumes. I was a nun. And then I remember there was this one guy there. I thought he was so good looking and he was just so popular. I mean, like all the girls were trying to talk to him and dance with him. This guy was tall. He was blonde. He had beautiful green eyes. He had this confidence about him that just attracted me to him. And I told my friend, I want to go home with that guy. I'm going to go home with that guy. And next thing you know, I'm waking up. I open my eyes, and I don't know where I'm at. But there's this guy next to me in a bed, and I'm like, what the fuck? I was in bed with that guy at that party, And next thing you know, there's noises and he wakes up and he's helping me jump out a window because his mom's about to walk into the room. Good. Out of a window. I had no idea where I was or who I was with. But yes, I was wearing a nun's costume.
3: (laughs) Sounds, it just sounds ridiculous.
4: I remember we stopped at a gas station. He put gas in his car. I was so embarrassed. And he asked me, where do you want me to drop you off? And so he dropped me off at my house. I got out of the car and I thought I'd never see him again. And he showed up that evening. He came back looking for me. And the next day and the day after. And that's how my relationship with Robbie started. And he was very different from what I was used to. He didn't take me to a park. He would take me, like, on real dates. He took me out to a really nice restaurant. He took me skydiving. He took me to the bullfights. Different things that I was used to.
3: Was it love? Were you in love with him?
4: I was in love with... The different type of life I was seeing with him. He was in a Cholo. And so we started a more serious relationship. We moved in together to a cute little apartment in Chola Vista. You stayed with Mami Licha.
3: He was like a rich white boy?
4: Exactly. He had a good job. He made good money. We had a really good time. At first, it was just a lot of fun. But he would change. If he drank, he would change. He was like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Once he drank, he became violent and very rude. And he was very jealous. So what did you do? So I decided to move out. And then a few weeks later, I saw Robbie again, and he told me he was leaving town, that he was going to Utah to get sober. He was going to get clean from alcohol and drugs, drugs that I didn't even know he was using. Wow. So he leaves, and we kept talking. He was trying to get clean, so he said, and he kept asking me to come to Utah.
3: Wait, why Utah? What's in
4: Utah? Family. He had a sister who lived on a farm, it was really remote, and she was helping him get clean. He would tell me about this life that we could have together in Utah. We would both be clean, and just like that, get away from everything. And I'm talking to him, but I'm not really taking him serious at first. Right. He did sound different, just like, better. When he was clean, he was a really great guy. And he sounded good when we talked on the phone. But I was like, Utah? What the hell am I going to do in Utah? The same reaction that you had, just like, what's even in Utah? And then Mami Licha gets arrested, and that changed everything.
3: For both of us.
4: Yeah, for both of us. And my addiction. Things got really bad. And with Mami Licha gone, I had to step in and be a parent to you. And so I'm still talking to Robbie and he keeps asking us to come up to Utah. And one day I just bought the tickets and we left.
0: You have the knowledge, you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at
3: purdueglobal.edu. How did you make this decision to just move to Utah to just pick up and go?
4: I think I was sort of vulnerable at this time. I mean, my mother was in prison. The guy that I loved was no longer there. I missed him. And because I had already started using heroin, this was like my perfect chance to start over.
3: And what made you take me instead of leaving me with my nana?
4: I took you with me because this was the perfect opportunity for me to be that mom and maybe even a wife to Robbie, I just had this perfect little visual in my head of the perfect family we were going to be in Utah.
3: And then what happened?
4: Robbie was there to pick us up at the Greyhound station so happy to see us. I was so happy to see him. I remember how cold it was, it was snowing. And he had this little car that barely ran. I feel like we were on the road forever before getting to his sister's house. His sister and her husband were Mormons. They had five little boys. And she was really nice. It was a nice, comfortable house. And right away she told us, you are not sleeping together. Hilda, this is your room and your baby's room. And Robbie, you'll be sleeping with the boys in this room over here. I didn't really like that, but it was her house, so I was going to respect this. And he, of course, was really mad. Turns out that Robbie already had a job in the city, and so he would leave every morning, super early to the city, to work, and I would stay home with the sister. And at first I remember thinking, what am I gonna do all day while he's gone? I'm gonna be so bored. I guess I'll just watch soap operas or whatever. But little did I know that I could not watch TV in a Mormon house.
3: You are like the most spoiled city girl ever. You've never even lifted a finger in your life for anything. Well, except to get your drugs, I guess. And now you're on a farm in the middle of nowhere.
4: (laughs) I never even made my own bed growing up. But now I'm on this farm and I'm waking up at the crock of dawn. And I would put on these big old plastic boots to go outside. God, it was freezing over there. I'd have to spread all this animal feed in the snow and feed the chickens and the pigs. That was just a start. We did so many chores.
3: That's hilarious.
4: (laughs) It was. Then we'd have to bake bread. This lady had like seven kids, so we baked bread to make the lunches. We had to sew curtains and go sell them at the thrift store. I've never worked so hard in my life.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so you know how to bake bread?
4: I never made it after that. Like, a chore for me is not fun. But I did learn a completely different way of living. Like, even you were having such a good time, a different type of fun. This lady had all these kids, and they were used to the snow, so they were out there playing in the snow with no shirts, no shoes sometimes. And you were all bundled up with like two, three jackets, a scarf, everything. But you were out there having a good time. This... This homestead thing, I mean, picture this chola on a fucking farm doing chores, and Robbie's sister would also try to teach me about Mormonism.
3: (laughs) You're not exactly the Mormon type mom.
4: Yeah, I mean, I sort of figured that out quickly, but I still tried. These people were really nice to me, so I gave it my best shot. And part of me really wanted to fit in. You were so happy too, just running around with all these other kids.
3: So weird. I don't remember any of this.
4: I mean, you had a really good time and they took you in with lots of love. They were a very loving family. And I think I wanted that for us. And I think you did too, as young as you were. And where was Robbie? Robbie was away at work a lot. Like, we were in this tiny little town, like, 45 minutes away from the big city and that's where he worked so he would leave at the crack of dawn just around the time we would get up to feed the animals he'd be leaving to work and I didn't see him that much at night I was so tired from you know all my chores that I would just go to bed early it was just so quiet out there I was doing so much work and on top of all that Robbie would come home late and drunk He was usually drunk.
3: So he didn't really get sober then?
4: No. It turns out that he was still drinking, and he tried to sneak into my room at night, so I'd kick him out of the room. I was like, there's no way we're going to disrespect your sister's house. She was very nice to us. She was strict, but I think that I needed that as well, because I was clean the whole time.
3: It's so weird to think that could have been my life. Utah. A farm. Mormons. Manual labor. That's the opposite of us. (laughs) Completely. (laughs) But it sounds like things were okay. So what happened then? Why did we leave the farm?
4: Well, Robbie...
0: Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
4: So we're living in Utah. And one night, again, we argued. And he went out. It was maybe a Saturday night because the next day, I remember, his sister was going to church. He left. And after he left, his sister told me, I think there's something you need to know. Robbie has been talking to his ex-wife on the phone. She lived in San Diego, and he's been promising to bring her over here. And she doesn't know that you're here already. He's thinking of getting back with her. And I was like, oh, really? Well, I think it's time we call his ex-wife and let her know that I'm here. So we did. His sister and I called her and of course she had no idea that we were there and we exchanged, you know, what we knew. When Robbie got home later that night, he was very drunk. I remember he snuck into my room and I chased him out of there. And in the morning, he was so mad that he called his wife, his ex wife, in front of me. And so she told him that I had called her, and he was furious. He called me into the kitchen where he was talking to her on the phone. And I remember he was asking me, Is this true? Why did you call her? And next thing you know, he's hitting me on the head with the phone. And then he's banging my head onto the ground. And his sister steps in to try to stop him, and he pushes her. So she runs out to get her husband. And then that's all I remember. When I woke up, I was on a stretcher. I had a brace on my neck, and there were some police officers taking pictures of me. They were putting me in an ambulance, and then they took me to the hospital. I had a fractured cheekbone, a broken nose. I had stitches on my left eyelid. My skull was fractured or something. Something was wrong with my skull. I was a mess, and Robbie went to jail. And I think it was the next day he sent his attorney to ask me for bail money or, or to not press charges, I, I'm not even sure. And his sister told that man to leave, to leave me alone. She was very nice to me. And I remember asking, where's my baby? Where's Emmy? And the sister said, your baby's been outside in the lobby all this time asking for you. Wanting to come in. And I said, No, don't let my baby come in the room. And then the nurse opened the door, and here comes Emmy running into the room and jumps on the bed with me. And Emmy grabs my face and just looks at me, and in Spanish says, Todavía estás muy bonita, mami, smiling in my face. And I was just trying not to cry. You're still beautiful, mommy. Wow. But you don't remember that at all?
3: I don't remember any of that. I mean, I've heard parts of the story, but I never realized how awful that was. It's just... It's really sad. Um, what happened after the hospital...
4: His sister took me home after I was discharged from the hospital. And I remember I was there a week, maybe. And then she told me, you're well enough to travel. You can't stay here. And she put my baby and I on a Greyhound bus. And she I remember when she was going to buy the ticket, I said, I'm not going back to San Diego. I was afraid of going back home because, like I said, my face was all messed up. If my mom found out what this guy did to me, she would have had him killed. I knew what my parents were capable of. And so I went to Oxnard to hide at a relative's home. We stayed there for a month or two.
3: I never associate my malicia with that kind of level of violence. I think knowing what she did for work and the people that she was connected to makes total sense that that's probably what would have happened. I just, I don't see her doing that, but I I know she would have, if that makes any sense. How did this relationship with Robbie impact you? And what was it like just seeing like this vision of what you had created in your head, of what your life was going to be like in Utah, just be completely destroyed with this tragic thing that happened
4: when we got on that Greyhound bus back to Oxnard and then Oxnard to San Diego I remember feeling like there was no hope for me I went to Utah with so many hopes and dreams of having a family with Robbie and my baby and on my way back I guess I felt like fuck it When I get to San Diego, there's no hope for me. What's left? Heroin. Heroin is the only thing that I have that's going to make me feel whole. That's always going to be there to take care of me.
3: It's very sad to hear, you know, someone so young just... Completely surrender to addiction and say, I give up. Like, this is what my life is going to be like. You know, someone's so young with their whole life ahead of themselves.
4: For me, there was nothing left. I had a failed marriage, a second failed relationship. You know, I I just, I just felt really low about myself. And that's when my, my addiction took off full force. I don't think that there were any hopes of stopping for a long time after that.
3: What did you do then?
4: I just remember that I was so strung out and I was out of money and and I was, I had no more jewelry to sell. And I was really scared of my mom finding out. And I went to my sister and I told her, I told her about my addiction. And she took me to a private clinic in Mexico. And they gave me some medication that just helped me withdraw from the heroin. I'd stay there a couple of weeks and then go home. But I kept in touch with the nurse and he invited me out to dinner. But I was interested in the doctor. He owned a pharmacy. And so I befriended the doctor and I started going out with him and I started getting Valium and Rohipnol and whatever I wanted. And we started dating. This was the perfect man in the eyes of Mami Lich and Papa Beto. They wanted me to marry this man and live happily ever after. He was the answer to all my problems. So Mamalecha liked him? Very much.
3: Because he was a doctor. He was good enough for you.
4: In her eyes, yes. Superficially, he was great. But, I mean, the doctor had his own demons. You know, he was an addict himself. Wait, what? I never knew that. Yeah, he was addicted to cocaine. And I just remember one time... It was his birthday and we were on our way to his party, but we had to go all the way to L.A. to pick up his Coke. So we drive to L.A. and he picks up this massive bag of Coke. And I'm talking like a sandwich bag filled with Coke. That's what I remember anyway. And so we're driving back to San Diego. And by the time we got back to San Diego, like a two-hour drive with no traffic, his party goodies are gone. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Growing up, I always had this image of someone who was respected and established. Now I always wondered why you didn't go for him. I thought maybe he was too vanilla for you, but it sounds like this guy was a nightmare too.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, he was very respected and he had like a double life.
3: But like you said, it was a good deal for you. He was giving you all these drugs. And Nicha loved him. So why did it end?
4: Well... I ended up meeting this other guy and he was an addict to a heroin addict, you know, so I could probably relate better to him. And we started using together. Then when his sister kicked him out of the house, we got married. So that ended everything with the doctor.
3: What the fuck? You got (laughs) married?
4: (laughs) Yeah, we got married in Mexico. So I don't even know if it's legal, if it ever was legal. I did check the records one time and I didn't find anything.
3: I mean, what were you thinking?
4: I think this was a time in my life where love wasn't a factor for me. My only love was heroin. I Nothing else mattered. And if there was someone that was going to make it easier for me to have my my heroin, then they were welcomed into my life. It was more I was in love with what they had to offer me as far as my addiction, if that makes any sense.
3: It's hard for me to hear that because I've never been able to have a relationship with someone based solely on what they could give me. But also, just I'm saying this without judgment, because I've never been addicted to heroin. But I know lots of people who have been. And I know how powerful it can be.
4: Yes, it's like you learn to play this game. What will benefit me most? Who will benefit me most? It's not about who will give me a better life, like stability or whatever, as far as a good marriage or whatnot. I mean, who's going to provide what my needs are, you know? And the only love I had was for this drug.
3: I've spent years resenting my mom for some of the choices she made when I was a kid. Like, why didn't you date someone stable and hardworking like a doctor? Why didn't you get clean or be more present in my life? And those feelings are fair. She really hurt me. But hearing her version of events, I'm reminded that there's always more to the story. I always look back on these better options only to find out that it was more of the same. Robbie offered the simple life in Utah, but he was also an addict and he was brutal and violent. And the doctor was unethical and an addict too. So my life wouldn't have been that much different. It's like those movies where a hero is sent back in time to try and stop some catastrophic event. But no matter how hard he tries, no matter what changes he makes, he just can't prevent it from happening. It's clear that my mom did try to start over to escape these cycles of addiction and violence. She definitely made her mistakes, but in her own fucked up little way, she kept trying to make a better life for us. In my mind, what came next always felt like the worst possible outcome. But now I realize it probably wasn't. She met another man, an addict. Even though he was complicated, he was still the most present partner and father figure in our lives. Next time on Crumbs.
4: I realized that what I felt for Robbie or anyone else was nothing compared to what I felt for this guy.
3: And you left me alone with a newborn baby. So where did you go? Hey, listeners. There's a lot of difficult subjects that we cover in this show. If you are someone you know needs help, you can reach the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Hotline at 1-800-662-4357. They'll connect you with information and resources on treatment. There's also the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Both are available 24-7. You don't have to be in crisis to reach out either. They're available for anyone who needs help. Crumbs is a Sonora production in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Network and Trojan Horse. It's produced by Hannah Bottom and edited by Margaret Catcher, Rodrigo Crespo, and Alex Humero with support from Elizabeth Schutzel. Original music by D. Peter Schmidt and engineering by Carlos Magaña and Manuel Parra. Studio recording by JTB Recording and Podcasting Studio. Executive produced by Connell Byrne and Giselle Bancès for iHeart. Alex Fumero and Margaret Catcher for Children Horse, Camila Victoriano and Joshua Weinstein for Sonoro, and me, Emi Olea. Special thanks to Mariana Coronel Aguirre, and of course, my mom, Hilda Gamboa. Listen to Crumbs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Right Rug Flooring.